Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stuart. Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me Podcast. This is episode 139. And we're down a whole Scott. <laughs> Scott is sick tonight, so he's not here. And we're super tired, so this will be great. <laughs> <laughs> you can at least act like we're not tired. <laughs> I'm trying. It's very difficult. I'm exhausted. It's like the end of year. Um, stuff is already starting for school, and we still have two more months left. It's, it's going to be a lean episode. It will be. So we, we, I mean, we're cutting the fat out of it. Scott is not in this one. <laughs> so there you go. Are you go. calling him fat? Huh? No, I didn't call him. No. Just, he's, <laughs> he has hearty commentary sometimes. We're just not going to be arguing very much tonight, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll insert crickets there. <laughs> okay. All right. So what are you drinking? Uh, what I, are we drinking? We're we're drinking all y'all pale ale by Monday Night Brewing. This is uh, one that I just found up at the uh, local store. I hadn't seen it before at all, and it's actually it's a very good beer. I don't I have not seen it anywhere, so I'm not sure if anybody else is going to be able to find it. The can is really cute. The Monday Night Brewing always has ties, like bow tie, not bow ties, like businessman ties. ties, neckties. On their cans, and this one has that, but they have faces drawn on all the neckties, and it's very cute. Yeah. Do you say all y'all? Is that? Yeah, it's all y'all. I know, but is that something that you typically say? Um, sure. All y'all get your ass out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> what all y'all doing? Yeah. Give me that <laughs> beer back. Stop stealing my beer. All y'all. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a really good beer. It is. It actually um, describes as as citrusy, tropical, and hoppy. I'm not sure if it's quite so tropical. Maybe a little bit. I guess it has a oh, little it bit totally of a is. pineapple-y flavor to it. Yeah, it's a good beach beer. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to it. Right now, we are going to cover The Walking Dead, Season 9, Episode 12, Guardians. How did you like it? Uh, you know, we watched it twice. And this one was a little bit slower, as uh, the past few have uh, been a little bit slower. But, there, I mean, there were some big moments during the episode. And then at the end, great endings. Um, so, I mean, the, the episode in general was a little slower. But, you know, I mean, dealing with the characters and the subject matter that they're dealing with right now, it kind of lends itself that way. I enjoyed uh, dealing with Alpha and Lydia, you know, Lydia kind of, or Alpha uh, picking Lydia's brain to try and see what she gleaned from uh, the hilltop, and uh, and Lydia trying to hide what she actually told them, or what she actually knows about the hilltop. And actually, even the, the side, what seemed like the side story stuff that was going on with Michonne had, you know, nice message to it. And so, um, you know, it was, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, it was definitely not a filler episode. There was a lot of good stuff that happened in the episode, but it was a little bit slower this time, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it was quite slow. Like not agonizingly snow, slow, but whew, took me a while to get through it. But, um, really? Yeah. I mean, some good stuff happened and I liked, I liked the love triangle storyline better than the Michonne storyline and Negan. Like, there was just a lot of meat there, and it was more of a, um, like a soap opera 
feel. Which when you're saying love triangle. What are you talking about? Sadiq and oh yeah 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 Father yeah, yeah. Gabriel yeah, I, and Rosita. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I completely left that one off my radar. Really? Yes, yeah. Maybe because it's a, I'm a girl. Um, maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. That's hmm. no that that was fine. Oh, um, I, I, we should actually call it a quadrangle. Why? Because Eugene was in the mix. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Like, I don't know what it is. To me, Eugene just kind of bothers me. I think people really like kind of the humor side of Eugene. Mm-hmm. His his comedic twist, but uh, he just annoys me for some reason. I don't know what it is. In the past couple seasons, and I, it was ever since that he went over to Negan's side and then he came back, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But there was like no real ramifications. It was just like, well, that's just yeah, it's just Eugene, whatever. And they just kind of wrote it off and nothing happened. And obviously, there was like you know huge time jumps in between all that happening. So maybe there was some kiss and makeup stuff that happened that we didn't really see. But still. I, I just don't buy it that Eugene's like, he, you know, I never bought the fact that he was like super intelligent in the beginning. So, well, I used to think he was really funny and a very important character on the show, but like probably past three or so years, I have kind of felt differently about him. And I think it's mostly because I've met uh, Josh mm-hmm. and I'm not. A actor. huge fan yeah. of him. Like, he's funny when you first meet him, but he can be not so nice to mm-hmm. people. And so I think, just like with Tara, the the way that the person is in real life um, influences the character for me. And so if they're not a real nice person in real life, then I, I'm, I'm just not a fan. Is it, I mean, is it just because he's a comedian and, like, he... He comes across as being a little harsher than he actually is, maybe? I don't know. I mean, I've heard from other people that he's kind of rough, that both Mm -hmm. of them are kind of rough in real life. Mm. And what I've seen from them on the stage in real life, they... When you're at Walker Stalker. When I'm at Walker Stalker, yeah. yeah. Um, When they're doing panels, they, um, they can be kind of ugly to people in the crowd, and I just don't like that. I don't respect that. So it influences how I feel about their characters. And I just don't find Eugene as funny as he used to be when well, I, I first started. Uh, and I, yeah, that's fine. I just, I think uh, for me, it's more like, you know, Eugene was funny when he had Abraham to play off of. And uh, when Abraham was gone, that's true. Too. it kind of worked for a little while. And then it was like, man, this is really getting forced to try and have some yeah. sort of awkward comment every time he speaks. So it just kind of got old, and mm-hmm. um, so, anyways, that's that that's kind of my beef with him. So, that being said, I, I kind of stopped paying attention quite so much to what was going on with that story part of the storyline during this episode. Yeah, well, I liked it because <laughs> it's it's so different to have a group of people who are connected in that way who aren't fighting with each other over the fact that there's now a baby in the mix. Like, Rosita was like, yeah, I'm going to figure my stuff out with Sadiq, and I know how I feel about you when she was talking to Gabriel, and she's like, you just need to figure out what you want. And it was like, so matter of fact, and when we came into the scene, we didn't know that she had already told him, so I was thinking there was going to be like (laughs) this blow-up fight or... Like, she was hiding it from him or was going to continue hiding it. But no, she's like, I feel sorry that you are in this mix, but this is where we're at. So you need to figure out what you're going to do now because I know what I want to do. That was very refreshing. That was like, so not a um, soap opera. You know what I mean? Well, okay. To me, it seemed to me, it seemed like they were making a situation out of something that I didn't even realize was that big a deal in this episode. Like the, the <laughs> how can it not be a big deal? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't really catch on to it at first. The whole Sadiq Rosita thing in the episode before it was very subtle, but, but then it became like a major storyline in this. And then I wouldn't uh, say major, like it's an important story. Okay. Well, if you watch the if you watch the episode twice, they seem to emphasize again. Like I, I kind of put brushed it off, but really, when you think about it, they kind of emphasize it even more than what was going on with Michonne. Seemed like. Well, 
I they think... devoted a lot of time to this. And it was like, yeah. but it wasn't really, I don't know. Yes, it is a big deal. It is a big deal, um, you know, that especially since there's only a few of these people in this small little camp. And they're going to have to deal with each other day in and day out. And that sort of thing. But Well, if you look at it in parallel to the Michonne storyline, that's when it becomes interesting and becomes important. Because Michonne learns in this episode that time is all we have. And love, which is what um, Eugene and Gabriel were talking about. And if she's going to continue to hold a grudge against everybody in the other communities... They're never going to come together and help each other. And okay. at, um, uh, what's a doodle? King, the kingdom could fall. What's a doodle? Exactly. What's a doodle? So it's okay. Well, that's a deeper side of it. I didn't even think about. That's good. Yeah, and so, and I think that's what influenced uh, Rosita when she was like, you know, I got my shit together, so now you get your shit together, mm. because you never know when one of them is going to bite it, and they don't have that person anymore. It's more of a reality in that world than, like, our reality because things are not dire here. But things are there. And they already know there's a new threat. So, and they don't know how much of a threat that threat is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, it's like, take advantage of every moment that you have and love the people that are around you as much as you possibly can and hold on tight because you don't know when it's going to come to an end. Okay. Well, then they should have worked past that a lot faster if it was, if it was like that. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't have been that much of a question then. You know, I mean, honestly, like you're saying, you know, they could die when they go outside the gate. Is it really that big a deal that, you know, there's a baby coming that was fathered by someone else? Like, deal with it. <laughs> At least you're alive. But I think And that's... you have a nice community. You're living in like these... The houses are better than my house. I know, and they're still <laughs> better than our house, like, eight years into it. <laughs> I don't really feel that sorry for you. <laughs> Beautiful gardens. Somebody built, like, an awesome barn out there. And the windmill. Yeah, and the windmill. It Man, works, too. This place too. is sweet. I could never build something. <laughs> we would totally die, I swear to God. But, but, but <laughs> Who brought the Amish? <laughs> But no, I think it's the evolution of, of them coming to that conclusion. For Michonne, too, like, little Judith is the one who got her there. She totally called her out and was like, uh, you changed. How come Negan can't change? And Michonne's yeah. like, go to your room. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the other thing I want to talk about was I think that, um, yeah, Michonne gets called out on both sides of that, that little mm-hmm. couple that's been talking behind her back. Um and she, you know, she's called out as being, you know, this autocrat mm-hmm. <laughs> who's really maybe without her own knowledge as she's doing it. But she, you know, with the guise of trying to um, save the community and protect the community, she's taking control from everybody. Yeah. Um, she's like a helicopter parent. And yeah, so Negan completely calls her out on that. In fact, she gets called out by Negan. She gets called out by Sadiq. Mm-hmm. And Gabriel. Gabriel. And bionic arm guy. Aaron. Aaron is the only one that really like sticks up for her, which I was actually surprised at. I was too. Um, but I think that's just simply because Jesus died. Yeah. He's feeling the impact of that. So when he, I mean, when he says that we lost one, he was talking specifically about Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Um, which uh, his arm just really bothers me. <laughs> it's just it's it's so much longer than his other arm like proportionally it's just weird looking like uh-huh it, <laughs> it's i just i always want like something like dr strange love thing to happen where his arm just kind of shoots up like out of his own control or he like knocks like over a gadget arm <laughs> like he knocks over a vase or something like that or you know uh-huh i'm, I'm waiting for him to come out of his house dressed steampunk at exactly, it is a steampunk arm. <laughs> like some, maybe some steam needs to come out of it, or like you need to hear it, like a. <laughs> when he like goes to shake someone's hand, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did did you notice Gracie, his daughter? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yep. The baby that they found in the yeah, she was sanctuary cute. building. That was cute. But what were we talking about? Oh, Michonne getting called out. 
I want to go back to the arm, though. Does it really, <laughs> is it even that helpful to make it look like a real hand? At that point? I mean, the only thing it's really helpful for <laughs> is, like, he can stick it in a walker's mouth and... I mean, wouldn't it be better to, like, have other, like, gadgets that you could stick on there, like Merlehead? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a knife. Yeah, so, like, open a bottle of wine or something. You know, oh, so, you know, that would be handy. Yeah. Totally. You know, like a Swiss Army thing. Like, I mean, does the... Does it... Ha- having it look like a big metal hand, is that really helpful at all? I, I don't know. I don't, you, don't, you, don't have you. A, you don't have to have an answer for that. I'm just... <laughs> it just makes him feel like a more complete man. I guess. It's like a big brass hand. It's kind of scary looking to me. Whatever, man. <laughs> I'm sure they could, they could even put a, like a, a, a bottle rocket or like a, some sort of shooting like, mechanism. Yeah. I like mean, his finger pops open and it's a gun. A gun? Pops yeah, out. yeah, exactly. Like go, go gadget, like you yeah. said. Yeah. That would be super sweet. Yeah. Getting way <laughs> off subject here. That is okay, honey. So. When Negan calls Michonne out, are you starting to believe that he's changed or do you feel like he's still the old Negan? Like we talked about this last week. I don't... Actually, I want you to talk about it a little bit more about... Because I feel like I'm talking way too damn much. Um, Do you really believe people would be able to trust Negan? No. I mean, I think it'll be... I mean, if you lived in that community, things were dire. Um, as in, you can't find other food. You're growing your own food, you're, but you're somewhat safe. Mm-hmm. And yet you had this guy that, you know, was trying to kill all of you. Mm-hmm. And you kept him alive as an example. And, and he pe- actually did kill a lot of people. <laughs> and the only people that could have taken him out have died. Besides Michonne could. Mm-hmm. But, like, Rick's gone now. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, do you think it would be a comfortable thing to actually have him in the community? I think if anybody was around back during the sanctuary days when Negan was in charge, I don't. I find it very hard to believe that anybody could trust him. He would have to do something very spectacular and amazing for them to start changing their minds. But I also know that people's hearts soften over time. He's been locked up for so many years, um, and people haven't seen him. They haven't had to think about him. He hasn't been in their lives. So... I mean, it's possible, but okay. someone like Michonne. Because she's actually she's she says no, 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 no. That's ridiculous. I would never do that. But you could tell she's almost kind of contemplating. She's, I mean, in this episode, she's having to relook at her own decisions about certain things. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's kind of setting it up for okay, this is, is. going to happen at some point. It is so. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see. So with Michonne, I think that it's kind of the same thing. Like she, she's a very hardened person and she's been burned in the past. She's gone from looking out for herself before she met any of these people that we know and walking with the dead to now just to being one of those people who has gotten almost complacent living in a community where she doesn't have to really fight every day for her own well-being. I think when when it comes down to it, eventually she will loosen her heart a little bit, but I think there's always going to be a, some mistrust there, and she'll never fully come around, I don't think. Well, but, I mean, I mean, Tara was part of the governor's group, and they love her now, so... That's true, and they've got... But she didn't um, do anything quite as bad. The other woman from the sanctuary is there, too, the one with the tattoos on her neck. Mm. And she was actually part of their governing council. That's a good point. She's on the governing council, and she was one of the henchmen for yeah. for um, Negan in the sanctuary. So I don't know what she did to come around, but... I don't know. And I wonder what Negan... She wasn't exactly playing nice in her arguments there either. (laughs) No, and I wonder what Negan would say and do when he finds out that some of his people are actually in Alexandria and helping to run the community. Well, obviously, if he's... I mean, if he's playing nice right now, that he's, you know, that he's come around... And I shouldn't say playing nice. If he's he's trying to convince people he's coming around and he actually has come around to the point where he's earned release from all this, you would think that he would think his people... Mm-hmm. Had it right before he did, you know. Mm-hmm. That oh, okay. Well, I you know maybe I should have done what they did a long time ago. 
I mean, one of the things that we've learned from all of these communities, any community we've learned, is that you have to assimilate with whoever you're with, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I can probably guarantee you that a lot of the people that are with the Whisperers, which we saw tonight, um, don't believe in the stuff that Alpha is doing. But in order to survive, they have to acquiesce, which some of the sanctuary people, I'm sure, did the exact same thing at Alexandria. Well, yep, that's very true. That's very true. The thing that Negan puts out there, though, that... There, well, there's a few things that are, that are kind of um, questionable that he's putting out. And that one is that um, he, what he's offering to Michonne is that he knows how to keep people in line. Yeah. And one of the comments that he actually said before he even said that was that I could have bashed your head in. <laughs> so it's like, it's still like... Yeah, that warms the cockles of your heart, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like... It provides you all the trust you need. If that's the thing that it comes to mind of what he could do to people still, mm-hmm. then it's like, yeah, you know, we kind of should have moved past the head bashing part if you think you're going to be part of this community. Right. Um, but then, yeah, he says that, you know, he knows how to keep people in line. So it's def- it's it's much more of authoritarian, like aggressive leadership, which is what Michonne is not wanting, mm-hmm. but she's kind of doing, again, with the excuse of, I'm trying to keep these people safe. Yes. Now, flip that around, the setup that this episode is, is kind of creating mm-hmm. is that she is kind of... I, uh, eyes are opened by this conversation she's having with Negan, mm-hmm. as well as Judith, which makes her say, you know what? We do need to bring community back together. So she's she's trying to keep them secluded and safe. By having this conversation with Negan and Judith, she's like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe we Maybe we should go to that. Maybe we should be part of the community. Now, when everything fucking goes wrong, she's going to be like, fuck, I should have listened to Negan. Yeah, but when she was talking to Aaron, she said, I don't agree with this idea, yeah. but I'm going to let them choose. Yeah. So that still gives her an out. Yeah, but the out being next time I'm not letting them choose. Hey, Negan, grab a bat. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, like I said, they're setting it up so that he's going to be released at some point, right? Yeah. So why would he be released if the only thing that he's really offering is that can help her with leadership and controlling the population. I don't want to believe that. Michonne is not that type of person. I think he would be more, it's more likely that he's going to be released because of the threat from the whispers and not because she's trying to keep her people in line. Hmm. Honestly, that's not Michonne. Yeah, but then he's going to be useful at keeping them in line. And then she she's going to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to keep you on staff. Here's some tomatoes. Because <laughs> the people love to eat tomatoes right off the vine at that place. And the whispers like the apples. And the whispers like the apples. Speaking of which, the whispers. And that was funny when Alpha kind of just motioned to that guy and he just produced an apple out of nowhere. How did he know to do that? That was very funny. But the whispers seem to be, they're so honed in on Alpha. Well, that's the control side of it. That's the, you yeah. know, keeping people in line. I mean, she's... Kind of like Negan with the whole whisper, uh, not whispering, whistling. Whistling, yes. With his group. Yeah. It's very much the same thing. The whispering sound of somebody's face getting fried by an iron. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, she, she she has her eye on everybody all the time. I can't tell if she's just trying to watch where everybody is all the time. It, that's what it seems like. I mean, mm-hmm. she's slowly moving around like she's getting ready to just stab anybody at any point. She's like a cat on <laughs> like, the prowl. I know. When she walked up at, towards the start and she walked up and there was like two of the whisperers standing there and they mm-hmm. both like stood up straight like, oh crap, there's Alpha. And then she's walking around the camp when I guess they're just taking a break from... Walking. Strolling. <laughs> Dragging <laughs> through the woods. Um, yeah, she was watching where each and every one of them was. That's part of her control. Yeah. I mean, like, Negan had all of his henchmen to help watch his group, right? Mm-hmm. 
but she it's it's it really seems like it's herself and Beta who are the ones that are watching. Yeah. And they are the ones that are in total control of everybody in that camp and everybody else is more like a prisoner. But again, Beta is like her her henchman. He's He know, is. He's her watchdog. Definitely, because... but you don't see anybody else in that type of role. No. Um everybody else just seems um like they are tied <laughs> down to her. I don't think <laughs> I think the the thing her the the one thing she's got going for her is that she does have Beta. That dude is huge. <laughs> Like, I mean, if she didn't have that guy on her side, people might question her a little bit more. Yeah. Ryan Hurst is the guy who plays Beta. I wish... We've never seen Sons of Anarchy, but it kind of makes me want to go back and watch that show. Because I want to see what kind of character he played on that. I've heard lots of stuff about him, but um, I'd like to know more about him. But he was cruel. Like, his face mask... From what it looked like, it just covered, it just like, his from cheeks. his mustache up. Yeah. Just like and the rest cheeks. was, like, his real hair. Mm-hmm. And that was creepy in and of itself. But then he's this huge monster who goes around just grabbing people. He could, like, pick you up off the ground and throw <laughs> you against a tree. Which he did with Henry. Yeah. He did. He just grabbed the stick and threw it to the side and grabbed him and pulled, pulled him up the bank. <laughs> but when he did that... That was actually kind of cool because he said that you know he'd been tracking Henry from way back when, whenever, mm-hmm. wherever and, that was. And Henry had been tracking them for longer. Yeah, but like these guys are really good at knowing what's going on around them, and I I think that's really fascinating that they they've learned this skill over time being with Alpha. I don't know. It's just really cool to see how they they operate and how they move, kind of like a beehive. They all move together, and mm-hmm. they they use like motions of their bodies to provide signals to other people in the group, so that they know what to do and where to go. And they come up to each other, like when they were dragging the bodies out into the field, and the group started coming towards them. You think they're actually dead people, but they're the more whisperers that are coming to say, just mm. leave the body here. Yeah, yeah. I, we'll, I'll watch your back. Yeah, yeah, and we'll bring the the dead over to, to mm. consume them. Like, the way they communicate with each other with their body language and everything, it was just really cool to watch how that happened. And when, what's her face? When Alpha is talking to Lydia, and, you know, she's kind of breaking her character, obviously she's communicating, she's talking out loud, and so she's not a dead person, and people in the crowd just kind of move in tight with Lydia and Alpha to kind of protect Alpha. Yeah, I mean, when you're first watching it, you're kind of you're thinking, oh, are they are any of those dead? Are any mm-hmm. of those the walkers? Yeah, but because they're all walking like that, and yet there's no other walkers around them mm-hmm. at that point. But it kind of makes you question, like, do they have to walk like that all the time? <laughs> but in in a way, if there's other groups of living around i mean that character yeah, kind of helps them as well because then people think that they're just the dead walking around too but they did that in their camp too yeah they but just, i think it's more of like a habit at that point i guess you know that are just really malnourished <laughs> maybe it's because they're not cooking any of that big pile of meat before they eat it oh god that's right they were stringing the meat out to dry it Blech. yeah they're big on just skinning stuff in general they had drying hides, like, everywhere, and then Alpha, like, when she was washing her face, was, like, a leather bowl she was oh, washing yeah. and stuff. Just stretched so. skin. Yeah. And then, um, what's his name? Beta taking the knife underneath the skin of the walker and yeah. removing the face to create a mask for Lydia. That was pretty gross. It was so gross, but so awesome. When he pulled the... the <laughs> when he pulled the skin off, though, and then the head kind of, like... Went fell forward. over forward. I was like, okay. and it made that squelching sound. Yeah, like was, you're, like a suction. There was a lot of that kind of like I just gore. Ste- yeah, stepped in gore kind of sound. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think you would have lasted long in that camp. You would have been puking. Hell no. <laughs> but you know the the thing again, even um, going back to last week was that. In this episode, I wasn't necessarily, even with all that that was happening there, I wasn't really scared of these people. I felt like they're very exposed, they're very unarmed, 
other than the fact that they have walkers that they can get to do stuff every now and then, mm-hmm. but yet can't keep the walkers away from their own baby. It's, there's just contradictions in, in like what, how much they control and how much they don't control. You know, I mean, that's it's still a big question mark. It seems like they're supposed to be portrayed as being very much in control of their environment, and yet they can't protect this baby, and then they get attacked in the middle of the night. Like, yeah, I mean, Which... they, and then they're they're still believing that you know they're in complete control compared to these people that are behind walls. Well, and then the reason that they got attacked was because Daryl and Connie brought the dead to them. Don't you believe that? Well, yeah. I mean, or do you think they took advantage of a situation? I don't believe that. I mean, I think that, first of all, they should have people out watching. Yeah, right. And nobody caught the fact that there were walkers coming, and Daryl got the drop on them and they was were, able to grab Henry and Lydia. I mean, they knew and were walking with this other herd mm-hmm. of walkers. I still have problems with that. Do we call them a herd or a horde? Eh, is or. a horde like a hundred of them and a herd is just like a group of them? <laughs> I, honestly, I don't think that's don't ever know. been defined. Okay, I don't know. It's, anyways. Um, <laughs> but they, so they were traveling with that group. Yeah, you'd think that there would be a series of them like the ones that were um, watching them when they brought the dead out. Mm-hmm. The dead people that Alpha killed. Yeah, the bodies, yeah. Yeah, the bodies. Uh, they, they had people that were kind of corralling them. Mm-hmm. But why wouldn't they be out there at night, like, controlling him? And all of a sudden, Daryl's able to somehow grab a mask. Of course, it's Daryl. He could do anything, right? <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, yeah, but... we're, we're supposed to believe that Daryl's, like, Mr. Tracker and can, like, you know, he got in, got a mask. But I, I don't know. He actually led the dead in then? All of a sudden, he's got those skills? I'm. Why not? It's Daryl. Daryl's amazing. I still don't understand how they get them to lead, to go certain ways. And Connie didn't have a mask, did she? Was Connie there? Connie did have a mask. Yeah, she stabbed a couple of the guys in the head. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, she had a mask too. Okay, so obviously they didn't take those skins from like real. I thought they walkers. just. Like I thought they, they no. I thought they stole the skins okay, from. That's what I was thinking. The people, too. but I, I thought they did it for disguise, not necessarily to like lead the walkers in. If that if they led the walkers in, that yeah, it makes sense that they get caught off guard a little bit. But again, I would you'd think that the uh, whispers would have had control of those walkers. I just find it very hard to believe that the whispers didn't know that they were coming. Yeah, I mean, somebody dropped the ball big time. Yeah, and if you're out in the woods, un <laughs> that dude should get fired. Totally, he should be eaten. He probably was. Yeah. Um, but if you are, uh, if you have no defenses, you're out in the woods. At night, and you, you're supposed to, I don't know, you're supposed to be trackers? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Well, you know, they're off the clock. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, no, it's, it's a little weird. Another thing that's a little weird, speaking of payback uh. for not doing your job, how do you cut through someone's neck with a string? Like, we saw Alpha sharpening this thing, like razor wire. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it was like a wire like you might use to, uh, they, they have like wire saws. Yeah, to cut and trees. It, yeah, and stuff. cut a tree down. But there's no way that she would have cut through the spine that, it was like butter. It was like butter. <laughs> I think it even got called out on the, the Talking Dead after the show. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Good. Yeah. That was very unbelievable, but a good effect. It was. And it was a very shocking effect. I almost feel like she should have killed the, the husband first uh-huh. and then came back and did that part. But Why? It was pretty shocking. And then she goes and kills the husband. I was like, yeah, whatever. See, I like the way they did it because she hands the guy the head of this woman. That was brutal. And says crying is for is crying is weak. Yes. Right? She and then she stabs. She crying is weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she stabs him in the side, which I thought was actually a weak way to kill him. Like, that was stupid. Why don't you do something more horrendous? But whatever. You wanted to see something even more gory. I did. Which is why I was saying the, the stabbing part probably should have come before. She should have stabbed that guy. No. Had him watch while he's bleeding to death, and then they could die together. Sure. And then she could... <laughs> no, I don't... <laughs> the, holding the head part was like, wow, that was pretty ruthless that was one of those parts where it was like 
Okay, yeah, she's pretty messed up. Right, and so this brings me to my next question. When she was talking to Lydia at the very beginning, and she's talking about, like, what did you learn? What happened while you were there? Who did you talk to? That sort of thing. And Lydia asked her, is that the only reason that you came to get me? Mm-hmm. Did you come to get me because I'm your daughter and you love me and want to protect me? Or did you come to get me because I might have information? And she said it was a stupid question. Right. And I'm like, really? Because I think the answer is that she just wanted the information. Possibly. No, I think there's more to it. it is, it's her daughter. No matter what, she's going to treat her like garbage, but it's still her daughter. I guess. It might but just be her possession, but the, it's, it is her daughter. The people that went up against Alpha, though, had a good point. Like, we sacrifice our families and our lives for you, but you are going to break the rules to get yep. your own daughter? Yep. Out of captivity? What the hell? Yeah, and she. they said... Um, what did they say? They said, uh, yeah, uh, trading two of ours for one yeah, just to get her back doesn't seem like a good trade. But, I mean, I thought that the Whisperers don't attack people. So why does she even care about that information? Okay, so when they said the Whisperers don't attack people, where is that coming from? That was coming from Lydia when she was jailed, right? Yeah. She said that she saw they saw many of those communities and many of those communities fell. Mm. And then she also said when she was in jail that um, uh, there was always their intention to kill them. Uh, Remember that? Yeah. She said, it was always our, we were always going to kill you. Okay. So, yeah, I have a feeling that they're definitely hunting people. Okay. okay. They probably hunt them very sparingly. They probably don't hunt people in large groups, but... Again, it goes back to what my other comment was, that they, they seem much too exposed to be taking down other groups much more or much less of a threat than um you know like the guys that we saw the fear fear the walking dead the guys that were outside the wall of the the stadium Mm -hmm. and had all the trucks and stuff we're Mm -hmm. just waiting for people to die yeah i I mean they're there's the scary factor of them is that they're literally wearing the skins of the dead and walk with the dead other than that, and she's ruthless, but she's just one person. Like, I don't think that the other people in that community are like her. And I think if she were to fall, they would kind of fall back. They all have seem to have, like, wrist-mounted weapons. Mm-hmm. They always reach in their sleeve and grab something just off their wrist. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say is that when... <laughs> Lit, oh, no. When Alpha was talking to the two people that crossed her... That was the quietest argument yes. in the world that I've ever heard. It is the whispering part of it is like gets a little ridiculous. Like, do they have to whisper in everything? I mean, like you were saying that they. Um, I think you mentioned this that. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about it that they don't even cook the meat. Yeah, because they, can't they have a fire. They don't have fires and stuff going, but really, they can't have a fire at all. Well, with as long as I mean, like, how long were they at that camp? Probably 24 hours, right? You could totally do a fire. What's the problem? I don't know. I mean, I guess... Does, I always thought zombies hated fire. No, because there's the other ones that have walked through fires. Oh, that's right. It's Frankensteins that hate fire. Yes. Okay, Frankensteins. We haven't run into Frankensteins yet. No. <laughs> that's next year. Uh, but it's close. I next mean, season. They are sewing skin together right now, so... <laughs> Someone might try to revive them. They might. They might. One of the coolest things about this episode was at the very end when we actually get to hear the name Guardians, which is the um, mm. the title of the episode, when Daryl comes in with the with the walkers, the real walkers, and somebody scream like whisper yells, Guardians. Mm. And then we like find out Which is what they're calling that's what they're calling the the dead. Yeah. That their guardians are, the guardians are attacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the guardians protect them usually, and yes. vice versa. Right. That's why they call them guardians. Of course. Yes. They use them for that. I wanted to say, guardians of the galaxy. Okay. You could have. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it right now. You don't have to whisper. I just did. Oh, okay. Well, you whisper. You were like, guardians of the galaxy. But that's how they talk. Yeah, we should have probably done this entire podcast and whisper. Say, what would you guys think if we did a whole podcast whispering? <laughs> 
<laughs> they would think I'm turning this off right now <laughs> if they haven't already. Is this really annoying? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's annoying me. <laughs> I do want one of them to just be like, why are we whispering? I know. <laughs> do we have to whisper right now? I don't think anybody's around. <laughs> I think I have some of that deer stuck in my throat. <laughs> What did you think when Beta brought up the idea that Lydia might have been with Henry too long and might have feelings for him, and now they want her to fight, like kill him? What did I prove. think about it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like the <laughs> it's the worst situation for her. I mean, she's freaking out. And did you say Beta brought it up? Yeah, or, Beta's the one who brought it up. Oh, oh, that's yeah. Okay. Beta brought it up when he was talking to Alpha by mm -hmm. themselves. That's true. That is very true. But when Alpha confronted her about it, that's when I was like, wow, that's messed. She throws the knife on the ground for him to, for her to kill him. But also says at the same time that if she doesn't, she'll kill both of them. Yeah. So um, but, then again, I'm like, what's more important, her daughter or the information that she's learned about Hilltop? Well, at that point, it's to try and give her daughter a chance to, to prove herself to her, her again. Yeah. So, I, I, who knows what would have happened if she didn't actually kill him. It's more like... Beta probably would have just killed him. Who's your true guardian? Me? Yeah. Or the people at Hilltop? Well, and now when she handed her that apple, he was oh, almost yeah. like... It was kind of a planned thing, but it was kind of like, here, I'm your protector, I provide for you, kind mm -hmm. of thing. Because she, she, like, weirdly moved from one side of her to the other, too, after she had gotten the apple. Mm -hmm. Alpha's just kind of creepy. I mean, and just in the way she moves. She acts, she doesn't walk like a walker. She has kind of this weird kind of fluid bounce to yeah, her all the time. And she's constantly, even when she's just talking to, to her without the mask on and stuff, she's still kind of doing this weird rocking bounce thing. Which may be left over from when she was floating in the water in my minority report. <laughs> but I'm not... Yeah, I don't think so. <clears throat> but she does have that kind of just odd, like, mm -hmm. mannerism. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of other walkers in that group, or whisperer walkers, that um, were very much like that, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the two that came to confront her did the same thing. Mm -hmm. They just kind of floated in a little bit. <laughs> Like ghosts. <laughs> yeah. In a way. Well, are you ready to take a break? Yeah. I think on that note, we'll go and take a quick break and be right back. Okay, we're back. And Kim, I guess it's time for Hit and Miss. Yep. So what was your hit? The first of your five. <laughs> I have a couple. Not five, okay. but I have a couple. All right, so the first one, I have already talked about this a little bit, and that is just that Rosita had the balls to own up to the fact that she was pregnant with Gabriel and to be totally straight with him about her feelings and about the situation and pretty much telling him, like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I want. It's time for you to decide. And it was just very refreshing um, that there was nothing bad or, mm -hmm. uh, like, there was no deviousness. People weren't yelling at each other. It was just calm. Well, and she also said that, you know, this was actually a blessing. Mm -hmm. You know, this was, totally. and which in that world, yes, it is. Anybody being pregnant at all is yeah. a blessing. It was just a very mature way to handle it. Yeah, and she said, now the ball's in your court. Figure mm -hmm. out what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. So, again, for me, You still, don't care? No, no, it wasn't that I don't <laughs> care. It wasn't that I don't care. It was the, the fact that um, that it was such a hard choice for him. That's the, that's the part that I was questioning a little bit more. Well, Especially being the person that he is. Well, there's always going to be a little bit of jealousy, too, I think. But I guess, but he's like the spiritual leader for everybody. And it's like, yeah, if you can't say 
you know, you don't have to necessarily have to say it's your kid, but you're going to say, I'm going to take care of this child. True. And, and help the woman that I love. I also thought it was refreshing with what Eugene did. He made the biggest sacrifice of anybody because he gets nothing out of this deal. But yet he's the one that went to Father Gabriel with the whole chart, I might mm-hmm. add, of reasons of why Gabriel needs to stay with Rosita and take care of this baby. And then he watches as they all come together at the house and go inside and talk. And it's like, wow, Eugene, that's so sad and I feel bad for you. But what a mature thing to do. So maybe he has changed. What's your hit? My hit was um, Michonne being confronted with uh, by Negan and by Judith over decisions that she's made and or how she's acting. Especially when Michonne actually comes back to Judith and says that she needs her to leave and go to her room. And Judith's like, why? <laughs> she's like, I need a moment. Because it was that point that you could tell, as a, especially as a parent, where you're like, damn it, you're right. You know? Like, yes. <laughs> get caught in that situation where it's like, I'm, I'm yelling at you. I'm really upset with you. You just screwed up. Mm-hmm. And then the kid says something, and you're like, and it was like, oh, you're really not in trouble. Like, damn it. Exactly. Go away. I'm really pissed off. I'm even more pissed off because whatever you did is spot on. Exactly. Just walk out of the God room. damn it. So I can calm you're down. You're only five. You're not supposed to know this. <laughs> that, I, I, that was, I thought that was a great moment. That was classic. It was beautiful. And I think it was... Fantastic the way a child could turn turn everything on its head and teach the adult yeah. a lesson. That was awesome. Okay, I do have another hit. It's kind of a hit and a miss because the story was very horrible. But Well, Scott's not here, so this works. Okay, good. Let's be Scott's hit. <laughs> when Alpha was telling Beta about how she corrected Lydia when she was three years old. When she was suffocating on the plastic bag. Mm. And she hit her really hard. That story. So that she would never forget it and never yeah. do it again. Well, and it took a turn, too, because she's telling that story as if, um, you know, she almost screwed up royally. As a mom. Yeah, as a mom. And she took her eye off of yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And then she hits her. And, yeah, turned it into a beat her down because it was her fault situation. Blaming the victim. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's a hit and a miss because it's a horrible story, and I don't condone that, of course. But to get a little bit more insight into who Alpha is mm-hmm. and what kind of person she is and how she rules with an iron fist. and To everything, her everything is a teaching moment to her. It is. <laughs> like, but everything a is brutal, also... brutal, evil teaching moment. Everything's also like a weakness. Like she's all about control. Mm-hmm. If you don't have control over yourself, that is an innate weakness. And if you have a weakness, then you are going to die. You're not going to survive in this world. And so to her, I'm sure she doesn't think she has any sort of weakness. And so for her to go back and get Lydia from the hilltop could be considered a weakness. Because she's showing mm-hmm. um, emotion, love, or favoritism to a certain person. If that person no longer exists in her world, what kind of person is she then? Like, how will the absence of Lydia affect her mm-hmm. as a leader? Will she be distraught? Will she be able to think clearly? That sort of thing. So, so that was really cool to think about what could possibly come of the fact that now Daryl has taken Lydia away from her again. And I'm pretty sure Daryl's going to go down fighting to keep her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Away from her. So so that was really cool. Yeah, and I think we talked about in the last episode that that was just kind of a weird thing where Daryl was so, so uh, definite that he was not getting given her over. He's not giving her over, and then all of a sudden he went and grabbed her and was like, here you go. Passed her off. Yeah, but I think if well, they no, didn't... I'm not saying it's a bad decision. It was a no, 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 no I know. But if they didn't have Aaron and Luke, he wouldn't have done that. Because there's really no point. But then he, but they had two of their own, so... 
Do you have any other hits? But again, I couldn't even protect the baby out in the field. What are they going to do? Uh, do I have any? No, I usually only come with one. Okay, well, I have an honorable mention, which is what actually... What are you talking about? <laughs> I thought you said you had two hits and then they were done. Well, this is a, this is a funny <laughs> haha that you actually mentioned... And that's Beta's t-shirt. Oh, is that how you're going to win me over? Yeah. Okay. All right. Beta's t-shirt. If you look really closely, it's pretty likely that Beta has a smiley face t-shirt on. That yeah, the have, a, have nice, a nice day shirt. It looks like a have a nice day t-shirt. I yeah. swear to God it is. Yeah. Which I think would be a perfect little Easter egg. Exactly. So everybody go back and watch and freeze the frame where Beta is talking to Alpha when she's washing her hands. Yes. That's right. That's where you see it. And it's peeking out of his... And he's got like a shirt. red scarf on. So he's got like some style he's going on He's very stylish. There. Yeah. Very, very stylish for a walker. He was walking kind of weird after that. Um, they were walking across the field and it looked like they were getting ready to join another herd. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they start walking into camp and, and Beta was walking. He had like big gorilla arms all of a sudden. <laughs> like they were just like waving all over the place. Okay, speaking of which, what is your miss, Kim? My miss really was just that it was a slow episode. There was a lot of stuff that happened, but I just wish they had picked up the pace a little bit. Yeah. Just kind of dragged on. Yeah, I mean, it was slow. It was noticeably slower, but it really... I can't say it really bothered me all that much. Again, because of the storyline that they're portraying at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was good. I think the whole season is actually pretty seamless in the quality from episode to episode, I think. Yeah. So far. Yeah. I've been impressed. Yeah. Angela King. She's doing it well. My miss, again, is back to the consistency of, like, how dangerous are these whisperers? Not so dangerous, huh? I I mean, yeah, they're kind of crazy. Alpha's really crazy. Okay, Alpha's crazy. Beta is super scary because he's huge. He's like a yeti. Yeah, he's he's like the uh, he's like a big giant. Yeah, he's no, he's enormous. Mm-hmm. And when you actually see him, where they're not like trying to show off how huge he is when he's or with the other walkers and stuff, he's really not that tall. <laughs> Comparatively, I think there's some other guys that are within the whispers that are tall too. Yeah, but they definitely exaggerate the camera view to make him like. You know, real low camera views to try and make him look like he's much, much taller. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, um, besides those two, I mean, the rest of the group is a bunch of weak people with little knives. True. They'll probably kill me in a second. But I'm saying, <laughs> like, they are weak people with little knives compared to, you know, I mean, you got, you know, Michonne and Daryl yes, and, like, true. you know, this whole group, like, each one of them could kill off, like, five at a time. But if you were just a stranger in the woods and you came upon that group, you oh, would yeah, you'd shit be your pants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. If I came upon Daryl in the woods, I'd shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, Daryl, take me away <laughs> wherever you want to take me. Okay. Was that your other hit? No. I have no more hits. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have some listener comments. Okay. Mark LaVarnway said... Oh, you know what? Actually, what? before we move on... What? Scott texted me no a miss way. during the show. Really? He said that his miss was that he did not like the ending, that it was too convenient. It was quite convenient. Yeah. And it, it, it makes you ask, were the walkers there for first, mm-hmm. or did Daryl lead them there? Chicken or the egg. Exactly. So, that, and I, that was a good comment. Yeah. If if you want to be Mr. Negative, which Scott definitely does all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Scott, we go out to eat at restaurants. Scott sends his food back like three times. He does not. Always. You're just dogging on your brother. <laughs> no. All right. Let's get to listener comments. Mark LaVarnway Such said. Such an asshole. He, not Mark. No, uh, Scott. I was talking about Scott. Oh. (laughs) Parenting 101. Never tell your kids people can't change. You just build in an ever-present excuse for all of the redundant bad behavior they chose to do in their life. 
I'm glad Ass Kicker called Michonne on her bullshit. I present Eugene as an example. He is madly in love with Rosita, but he knows deep down it can never be. So in his new selfless character, he puts her happiness first, when in the past he would have kidnapped her and read his parchment spreadsheets to her endlessly. See, even (laughs) awkward borderline narcissists can change. Maybe even Negan. Peace. Yeah, see, I mean, that's the thing. You know, they're planting the seed. Oh, Negan's fine. Let him out. Yeah, totally. He's got to fight the whisperers. Mm, Okay. Uh, Emmeline Veltkamp said, uh, was the intro different last week? At the very end, it now shows the whisperers from behind. Hmm. I did not notice that. So it's, um, the point of view has changed. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to look at that. Okay. Whisperers creep me out. They are TWD Universe's version of a cult. Alpha so aptly named, she's the top dog of the pack. Every time she makes the smallest move, everyone else instantly reacts to her without her even having to whisper a word. When the group was walking along, they stopped and started meandering around her the moment she stopped to speak to Lydia. You know, as you talked about, yeah. they kind of grouped and, and protected her. Yes. But Closing ranks. to the other point that Emmeline's making, they said when she got challenged, the guy came up and was like, when your pup got out. So, I mean, it's definitely a pack mentality. So, Well, I think Beta even calls them a pack, right? Oh, does he? I think he does. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Totally. All right, Joe Johnson said, Did you guys catch how the whispers would circle Alpha when she would stop to talk to Lydia? Hey. <laughs> that little touch showed how in sync the whispers are. In order for our heroes to defeat this new villain, they will have to team up with Negan and Daryl. A grimy version of Captain America and Iron Man. <laughs> hmm. P.S. Rosita straight pimping in the Alexandria streets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Joe, it's so hilarious. I did think that that was a little weird when they, uh, when you have um, Rosita and Sadiq standing on the steps, mm-hmm. and Gabriel comes walking up, and they kind of all look at each other and like, yeah, let's go in the house. Look for a threesome. Yeah, it was a and little. And Eugene's looking on like, damn, I want to go in that house with those people. <laughs> I could totally. It was use a little a uncomfortable. Right now. A foursome. Yeah, it was a little weird. Like, how many people has she not slept with? Maybe that's the better question. I don't know. Rosita's getting around. That's totally. for sure. She's not going to be getting around for much longer. Like, how does she know She's going to be getting around. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing Rick's not around anymore. Uh, here we go. Uh, at T Watkins 817 off Twitter said, Okay, that was way to the edge of my seat. Wow. And here we go, I believe, is French. Because she does, or she or he ends it with bonjour. Oh. Haven't we talked to this person before? Yes, many times. Here we go. Always rates in a good bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I I believe uh, even sent a photo of uh, (laughs) Uncle Fester that said, I am Alpha. (laughs) With a shaved head. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Next week on The Walking Dead, Season 9, Episode 13, Choke Point. Daryl's daring rescue mission forces Alpha to unleash a group of her own to retrieve what belongs to her even if the price is paid in blood. The kingdom's plans to reunite the communities is put in jeopardy. Yeah, so the fair is supposed to happen the day after tomorrow. So I'm assuming in two weeks, which is very close to the finale, we're going to see the fair happen. Hmm. And I'm still pretty Wait, how sure... Many, how many weeks to the, to the finale? I think there's 16 episodes. And this is 12. Okay, so we got four weeks left, right? Four episodes yeah. left. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. And I'm still pretty sure that the symbol that we saw last week that the kingdom people saw mm-hmm. on the street sign was a whisperer sign. So I'm thinking the whisperers are coming to the fair. How do we know that that's the whisperers? Do they have symbols anywhere else that we we've seen? We don't know. We don't know okay. for sure. Okay. I'm just speculating. And that was on the back of the stop sign. Yeah. Or road sign that mm-hmm. someone had left the spray paint mark on there. Yeah. The okay. sideways K. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's I like mean, nine, it's turn 90 like. degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We don't know. Just speculating. But I think the whispers are coming to the party. Yeah, or they're, yeah, they're going to jump some people on the way to the party. Mm-hmm. And they're going to hobble around them. 
So hopefully Scott will be back next week to discuss all this. Give us yeah, his I opinion. Yeah, I hope so. Scott's not feeling well, unfortunately. So uh, we hope that he'll be feeling well in a week. And I'm sure everybody else does as well. Yes, because I don't think that this you guys enjoyed our podcast as much as... <laughs> <laughs> you don't enjoy what... listening to us as much as you listen to... Uh... Scott. No, Kim. I think you sorely underestimate yourself. <laughs> so write in to us and let us know how you um, or what you thought about the episodes. You can reach us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at fearmepodcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash fearmepodcast. Thanks for listening. Have a good rest of the week and good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.